From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Red smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the dogs and won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. <laughs> They're all here inside the Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show. Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today's guest, a dear friend and the sports editor for Lanyap, the Lanyap, available on Lanyap.com online, he's Tommy Hicks. A longtime friend and a guy who loves golf, loves the Masters. He's been covering him forever. And he told us how he got his first Masters assignment when he joined us inside the press box. It's the Lanyaps, Tommy Hicks. I worked at one of the great sport deals of sports journalism. I traded uh, not covering NASCAR. Sorry, NASCAR fans, but I'm, I'm just not that big a fan for getting the Masters every year. So uh, to me, that was one of the great all-time trades in sports history. You know, to to go from not having to cover something you don't like to something that you would cover for free is, again, you're you're a really good bargainer. That's a pretty nice pull right there. And the other guy thought he was winning the bet, so it was beautiful. That is great. You know, both Everybody, sides are happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's everybody's happy. Great to hear your voice, buddy. I hope things are going well and. Um, you know, glad that we're getting this event back at the time of year we should, although I'm not going to kid you, that was, it was so cool to see that in the fall. Uh, I'm fine with playing the Masters twice a year. Most people would agree with me, but that is, uh, this is when it should be. And, and it signifies spring almost as, don't mean this in a sacrilegious way, but it signifies spring almost as much as Easter does. Yeah, absolutely. It welcomes everything. It certainly, uh, all the other tournaments are fun to watch, but this one really signals, okay, now we're getting serious about the golf season. Hey, Tommy, we, we found out yesterday Chris Stewart has actually played the uh, Augusta, uh, and I don't know if you've still got some investigative journalism in you, but I think it would be a good story for you to follow that up because uh, I did a little checking. I found out it was a Christmas morning at dawn round. He started on the back nine, only got eight holes in because he snuck on and got arrested on the 18th tee. That's not I could true, see, Tommy. I, I could definitely see that happening. Tommy, that was not true. I was not arrested. I was asked to uh, leave by law enforcement officials, but I was not arrested. Okay. You're uh, saying no we'll, handcuffs we'll see, that, that, 
that's a definite uh, little tidbit that needs to be added there. I'm, I'm a little surprised that JD kind of made it. He was going for the headline. He was going for clickbait. That, that that's well, sad. That's, really, that's that's JD. <laughs> uh, have you got a? Do you sit there and and kind of handicap this thing, just picking your favorites when it starts, or do you just just sit back, enjoy, and see how it plays out? I think everybody kind of figures, comes up with some of their favorites, and 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 I like to do that. But, but you know, if it's if my NCAA tournament bracket is any indication, <laughs> I'm not going to be doing anybody any favors by who I might pick. But I, I, you know, just going in, there's a lot of guys that are playing really well. I mean, I, I love the way Justin Thomas is playing right now, and his game certainly fits that course really well because he can hit it. Off the tee, a good, a good distance. He's really great with his irons and his short game and his putting is is everything. And you've got to have all aspects of it to, to win there. Uh, certainly, DJ knows his way around there. Um, I really like Colin Markawa right now, and, and as well as Scotty Schiffler. He is playing so well right now that I, I would not be surprised to see Scotty in the mix at the end of the scene. Tommy, I don't know if we've ever talked about this or not. A, a lot of conversations been had about how people have had to cover games remotely um, this year because of the pandemic, different sporting events. Golf is one that, by and large, the bulk of the media do cover it remotely. And I don't mean from, you know, different cities or states, but, I mean, most or a lot of the coverage is done uh, in certain circumstances anyway, used to be from the press tent. Uh, some some of it out on the course, but a lot from the press tent. Kind of walk us behind uh, how how you would cover a golf event, whether it was that, whether it was the PGA Championship at Shoal, which is where you and I got to meet many years ago, but how you actually cover it because unlike football or baseball you can't sit there and watch all the action happen in front of you it's taking place over acres and acres and acres that you don't you physically can't be everywhere yeah that's true and, and the masters is different than than any other tournament that i've ever covered because one if you've ever been there and i know you know this chris they have a press building that's the size of of some major cities and yeah. it's it's just huge and there's all these hundreds of guys that are covering the tournament. You sit and they have like, it's like auditorium seating, like stadium seating. It goes, starts at the bottom and you walk up and your seating is above the guy in front of you all the way to the back. And they have the radio broadcast groups at the very top up there with, uh, you know, with plastic uh breakers between them and the room so that they could do their work in, in, in a little more quiet atmosphere but it, it's it, you have this huge screen tv screen and you have the cbs coverage in front of you and there's also other screens you can also have a there's also a small screen at your seat where you can watch different holes that they may have something set up at so you can watch a little bit of things because at augusta unlike some other golf tournaments even some majors the media is not allowed inside the ropes, whereas some tournaments, the media can walk just inside the ropes where you, you aren't blocked. Well, if you go out there and try to cover Tiger or Dustin or Justin or something, you're going to be 10 deep. You're not going to see anything. 
plus there's like you said there's a lot of area to cover out there you might be at 10 and something happens back at seven that you don't know about so what i usually do especially the masters because the place is so gorgeous you would go out get there early in the morning walk out watch a few play people play early get yourself some lunch maybe walk out and watch the leaders go off one and watch them maybe two three holes when it comes back toward the uh, clubhouse area back toward that the press area and then you go and sit down and you're basically just like everybody else you're sitting there watching the cbs coverage tommy your 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 history there i'm not saying you were there when ben hogan won in 1953 but you've covered a lot of them uh and for those who don't know how many you've covered and uh kind of where you rank your your press badge has a pretty low number is that isn't that correct when I was with the Anderson Star, which is where I worked the greatest deal in sports journalism history, um, we covered it every year, and I got to cover it each year I was there. I had press badge number one for nine years, which is kind of cool. Then I went back as uh, from here with the press register. When I was with the press register, I got to cover it a couple of times. Gareth Clary did a great job covering golf for us here, and he usually uh, – Got that great assignment, but uh, when he went to be the editor of Mississippi, it opened up for a couple of years, and I got to go back, and I think my number was, you know, like five thousand four hundred thirty-seven or something like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of it was kind of cool to have that that badge number. So I was number one of the Masters for like nine straight years. I don't That's even small. think you know, Jack Nicholas has that record. That, that gets you to the front small. of the egg salad sandwich line. Absolutely. Even though, you, you know, y'all way. know me, I'm a picky eater. That egg salad sandwich thing ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of road trip meals with Tommy, and um, there's been times where I joined the group a little bit late. In fact, we, we, we huddled up in Myrtle Beach at a restaurant, and so I knew when I walked into the table I needed to order quick. I didn't want to hold everybody up. And so to make sure I knew what I would like what I got without looking at a menu, I just go, Tommy, what would you get? And he tells me, I'm like, I'll get that. Yes. And he'll eat It's like Mikey in the live cereal. He'll eat it, I'll eat it. <laughs> I'll That's have right. a peanut butter sandwich. It, it could have been a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the time, but, you know, you never know. But you go with the, go with what, what moves you. I got I to gotta ask your opinion on, on something I brought up earlier. We were talking about the game and how it's, it's changed, even at a place like Augusta, where, where tradition means so much. They've altered the course. Over the last 20 years, this happened when Tiger tore it up as he as he did, and they were concerned that it was going to be an every year occurrence. So they they backed up tees where they could, and and certainly wouldn't say that they tricked it up because they didn't. But people tried to. It was a concerted effort on the tour to Tiger proof a golf course by making it longer, which was ridiculous because that just played right into his hands and may have made his scores. Uh, slightly higher, but it made everybody else's, it seemed infinitely higher because he could just still hit it further than everybody else. I said it'd be fun to watch one of those made-for-TV things they do now by making the guys play a, a regular course but use the old hickory clubs or 1960s technology even. Yeah. Uh, is that something you'd actually watch just to see how many would snap clubs? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, can you imagine DeChambeau? With a with a hickory exactly. club in his hand, come on! Yeah. He wouldn't have enough of them made to make it around the, the course. I, I, you know, you talk point. about masters making changes. 
I, I, I don't know if this is true or not. It's, it's a rumor, but I heard they're going to have medical staff on every key because of the chance that DeChambeau's spleen will drop during one of his uh, tee shots. <laughs> it's not a four That may caddy. not be true. It's that a... may not be true, but I heard that from someone. I, I just didn't know if that, that was going to be accurate or not. Those are called four caddies looking for yes. his spleen to fall out of his body at any moment. Looking at any chance that that spleen is just going to hit right there on the tee box. You know the master It's got to be green. Uh, <laughs> that's uh. right. I, I hate to be brutal. I, I don't mean to be that guy. I would rather oh, watch Charles Barkley swing. You're always that guy. Go ahead. Be that guy again. I don't want to. I'd rather watch Charles Barkley swing than watch DeChambeau. That Ooh. that straight arm thing. And, Wait, then the, wow. and then the putting swing. I'm like, come on, dude. Time out. DeChambeau is Barkley swing if Barkley could really swing it. Okay. I'll go with that. Is that fair, Tommy? That has some some accuracy to it, yes. Not, well, Can I you imagine? Add Jim Furyk in there. Oh, gosh, no. I can't watch. And that kind of – you hybrid those together, and you got Barkley. Well, I can keep doing that, and you'll get me eventually. But without <laughs> the 100 and, like, where he's at 200 miles per hour, I think I'm 20, 25. Uh, and that's when you're mad. Some, and I've seen that plenty of times on the course. The Magic Chipper? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty awesome. All right. Yeah. Looking at some of the names gotta, that uh, that if I were a print, print journalist or uh, if I'm broadcast having to say some of these names – uh, and historically, there's always been some in there. But just last year, in those who finished between first and tied for 23rd, uh, Sun J.M., uh, Dylan Fertilli. Uh, we we kind of have gotten used to Kepka, But uh, Hideki Matsuyama, that's a great one. Uh, how many times does Xander Shapley say his name and somebody goes, how do you spell it? And then it's so long, they have to ask him like six times. Okay, okay, you lost me on the H. Just call him uh, Sebastian Munoz. And then uh, one of my favorite, Louis Ustazen. Yeah. Yeah. But well, how about just like team. X-Men, Louis O? Come on. You can get by. If, That's like covering the, tur- the basketball tournament and having to spell Krzyzewski. I remember having to say, <laughs> by the end of the tournament, I could do it. But then like three days later after the tournament, I, could, I couldn't spell it again. And unless but, I had to. Let's be honest, though. After you get past Tom Kite, anything is a challenge for J.D. Yes. But this could be true because I struggle with Smith. So, you know, all of us have our problems. C.T. Pan's pretty good. I got to go serious before we wrap it up with you. Uh, Pan. Are you saying Pan? We lost a guy that uh, was really, really, really well respected by everybody in the business. And when when I started, there were there were a few guys that you just kind of had reverence for in the, in the business. And even though I wasn't, I guess I did write a little bit, but knew I always wanted to be on the broadcast side, but Bill Lumpkin passed away um, over the last few days, Tommy. And I know, again, I don't think you ever worked for, for Bill in any capacity, but certainly around him a long time, just wanted to get your reflections on uh, a guy who was really well thought of and well-respected in, in our business. Yeah, absolutely. Bill Lumpkin was the best. I mean, he he was uh, he was a pioneer for the state. I mean, when it comes to column writing, when it comes to coverage of everything, I mean, he was in in that era of of sports writing where you could attend every practice. You knew the head coaches. I mean, he he had. I think someone uh, Ben Thomas wrote this week that he had you know all of these coaches that we. Noah's Hall of Famers now, he had all their numbers written in pencil in his little Rolodex. 
You know, he, he had those, those are the kinds of relationships that he had, but that's because you don't get those numbers. You don't get that access unless the, those people have great respect for what you do and, and know that you are going to be fair in your treatment. And that was Bill Lumpkin. I mean, he was a great writer, but he was also a great friend to everyone, all in the business, out of the business, coaches, all alike. He had great talent. And, you know, I mean, to look back at those staffs, the post-Herald that he put together, he had, he had Feinbaum, he had Ray Mellick, uh, I mean, uh, Reuben Grant, all those guys that worked back there worked for him. And he brought those people in. He made that sports section what it was, which was a very, one of the most respected sports sections in the Southeast at that time. And uh, to lose him, I mean, I'm a member of the Alabama Sports Writers Association and he helped form that group. So I have a great deal of respect for him, not only as a writer, but as a person and, and, and as a journalist. Tommy, as always, appreciate your time, sir. Enjoy Masters Week. Uh, give our regards to your lovely bride. Uh, and uh, we'll talk again soon, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. You bet, Tommy Hicks. Hey, before you go, Tommy, where can we find Lanyap, man? How, how do we get a hold of uh, of the most recent edition, sir? I uh, want you to do that, by the way. Yeah. It's www.lanyapmobile.com. That is, let me see if I can spell that, L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E-M-O-B-I-L-E.com. Hey, well done, sir. That's 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 quite nice. You get a... A little ding Tom for that. Tom Kite News. That's, that's the Tom <laughs> Kite News. <laughs> Tommy, enjoy the Masters again, man, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. All I right. appreciate it. Our friend Tommy Hicks with us inside the Press Box Podcast. Catch our daily show weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBox Radio and the number one. And, of course, we always would love to hear from you. Email us at PressBoxRadio1 at gmail.com. Again, PressBoxRadio, the number one, at gmail.com. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here on the PressBox Podcast.